Hey there, Nonplus listeners. You're the sort of person who likes to partake of a tipple from time to time. A what? A tipple. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of booze, but coyly and a little British. Coyly British is my stage name. Okay. If you enjoy <laughs> a cocktail from time to time and you're looking to jazz things up a bit, you should definitely check out Shaker and Spoon. Yeah, Shaker and Spoon is a really cool subscription service that helps you be your own mixologist. They send you a new box every month centered around a carefully curated cocktail theme. Inside, you'll find all your ingredients, instructions, and even mixology definitions to help you craft your very own fancy cocktails. You provide the poison, Shaker and Spoon provides the pizzazz. To sign up and get $20 off your first box, head over to shakerandspoon.com forward slash nonplussed. Again, that's shaker, A-N-D, spoon.com slash nonplussed for $20 off your first box. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. I feel like I'm just saying things at you and you're just saying yes. You're forgetting the and bit. Yes, and we're here. <laughs> we're queer. <laughs> And just get used to they, it. Clancy, you know? at this point, I think they are. Yeah. At this point, I think they are aware that I'm a homosexual. Uh. Another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And this is Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hi, honey. Hi, Josh. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Um, We've got a great chock full episode today. We do. Um, but before we do that, Let's talk about some mischief merch for all your fandom needs. Yes. Uh, mischief management just pulled off the first ever virtual Broadway con and the mischief merch website now has virtual merch. Well, yeah. I mean, it's real merch. Yeah. It's not Broad- virtual. It's not, no, it's, it's not virtual. We, we, they're not selling NFTs. What's happening is they've got <laughs> Broadway con 2021 merch up there. Yeah. Um, they even have masks that say I'm on vocal rest. Oh, that's cute. Isn't that fun? Yeah. And then, of course, there's that new line that, that we talked about. So, yeah, they also have some other MCU merch for WandaVision. There's uh, greetings from Westview and free Senor Scratchy merch. And if you use code nonplus10, you can get 10% off any nonplus merchandise and any of that MCU merchandise. Guffaw? Guffaw. Just go to mischiefmerch.com to, uh, to satisfy all of your merchant needs. Not to be confused with all your Merkin needs. No, that's not this website. No. Mm-mm. Or this podcast. I do have a website for that, though. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to news. This is kind of like hot off the presses. It was announced recently, or maybe it's a rumor. Amelia Clark is supposedly joining Marvel's Secret Invasion series for Disney+. Plus. Game of Thrones alum, Amelia Clark, she played Daenerys, yeah. uh, is apparently in final talks to join Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn in Secret Invasion, the upcoming Marvel series for Disney+, Plus, which also recently announced that uh, actress Olivia Coleman was joining the cast. Yeah, but the big question is, is where are my dragons? Probably not in Secret Invasion. Probably. What else we got? Renee Elise Goldsberry eyes Marvel She-Hulk series for Disney+. Plus. Yes, so again, this is kind of in the rumor territory too, but the actress who played 
Angelica in Hamilton. Apparently, she's in Final Talks to join the She-Hulk TV show. That's super, super cool. Yeah, apparently, um, Deadline's reporting that she would play a character named Amelia on the series. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally, this is kind of big, and I think came out literally today as we're recording these. Disney and Sony reached a deal that can sling Spider-Man to Disney Plus for the first time, uh, along with reach across Hulu, ABC, FX, and more. So it seems like they're... Specifically, this is saying like all of the previous Spider-Man movies as well can now come to Disney Plus and Hulu. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a multi-year deal for the post-pay one release window. Uh, a pact that will make Spider-Man and other major franchises eligible to stream on Disney Plus for the first time. Mm. Um, but it includes the library for rights, not just to Spider-Man, but Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, this is what they want. They want you to get all of your MCU from one place. Well, and honestly, like, I think it's teeing up bigger news for the actual MCU stuff that would require a Sony agreement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing that's really going to be missing after that point is that Hulk movie that nobody well, cares about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Links to all of this in the show notes, of course. And as always, our research Comes from Wikipedia, IMDb, and Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, it is. All right, so what are we doing this week, Josh? Well, this week, Clancy, we are doing our very first series, which we've repeatedly said is too big of a a thing to do. We wanted to do it with WandaVision, but given how we tried to do that with Mandalorian, we just knew that that was going to end up being almost an audiobook's worth of content, and who really wants to listen to us for that long? Yeah. So this week, we actually have a series that's very short and... Uh, goofy and very easy to talk about in one fell swoop. And we have it because of our guest today. He's the host of Potterless, which documents his foray into the uh, world of Harry Potter for the first time. Mike Schubert, welcome to nonplussed. Thank you for having me. It is an honor to be here. I'm very excited to talk about Oscar snub. Forky asks a question because (laughs) when I first was thinking of Disney Plus and all that when it first came out, I was a little confused. Like, what are they going to do? Put a bunch of old stuff? And then my sister, right. who has a small child, was like, have you seen Forky Asks a Question? And I was like, no, but that sounds promising. And <laughs> five seconds in, I was hooked. And it's perfect. And it is the best thing on Disney Plus. Everything else is inferior. Everything it's, else is worse. <laughs> it almost reaches a level of, dare I say... Uh, discreet Gen Z philosophy at times. Like, I I feel like it has, there are very deep thoughts in some of these shorts about just general realities of life. Um, But we'll dive all into that. Let's talk about you for a little bit. Like I said, you hosted, you Mm -hmm. you host Potterless. Um, Talk about that a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. So Potterless is a podcast where I I never read the Harry Potter books as a kid. So it's me going through them for the first time as a grown adult. I started when I was 24 uh, and I was going through the books a couple chapters at a time. I was always joined by a different guest, but those guests were always Harry Potter super fans or experts or people who worked in a Harry Potter related industry whether that was LeakyCon or whatever. So I went through all the books. I went through all the movies. I have gone through the spinoff stuff. And now I'm getting into fan-made things, things like a very Potter musical and puffs and my immortal, which has been a very fun time. So yeah, that's, that's the show. You can find it wherever podcasts exist. And then you're now doing this Kickstarter project called modern muckraker. Yes. 
tell me about this because this sounds exciting and absolutely on brand for us. <laughs> I'm very biased, but I also think it's very exciting. But yeah, if you're <laughs> listening to this before April 29th at 10:58 a.m. Eastern time, that means the Kickstarter is live for Modern Muckraker, which is a comedic investigative journalism podcast. I will be playing a character who's fully convinced that he's completing the world's most important investigative journalism of all time. But in reality, these questions are going to be things along the lines of when should Spider-Man take the subway instead of web swinging? So I'll do super intense deep dives (laughs) to answer each of these questions. And I'll have interviews with highly overqualified people. So get people from Marvel to talk about Spider-Man, get physicists to break down web swinging. Yes. And then we'll arrive at an exact answer to all of those questions. So yeah, if you support the Kickstarter, there's a whole bunch of sweet rewards that you can get for doing so but yeah it's going right now we're at 90 percent funded at the time of recording Holy on shit. april 15th so we're so close i'm excited that's awesome congratulations and like when i say this is specifically our brand clancy and i have been replaying spider-man on the ps4 but mm-hmm. when is it more prudent to web swing versus using one of the the um fast travel points which is spider-man on the subway <laughs> exactly exactly so i would very much love to make the podcast and if we get funded it'll happen and it'll be very exciting hot damn i'm looking forward to it Okay, so back to Forky. When we said pick something on Disney Plus, why this? (laughs) It's just, it's just wonderful comedy. It's just expertly done. It's it's taking Tony Hale, who does the voice of Forky. It's just taking him and writing a show to maximize him having the most fun. And then it's just yes. fun for the audience to experience it because you just know he's having a great time doing it and it's just wonderful. I think Forky is such a fun character to bring into Toy Story because yes. I'm a huge Toy Story fan and I was the exact same age as Andy. So when Toy Story 3 came out and he was going to college and his mom was crying and stuff, that's you exactly what I was going through. I cried big tears three separate times in Toy Story Aww. 3. So when they announced Toy Story 4, I was like, oh, I, Toy Story 3 was so perfect. I kind of wish they weren't doing a fourth one. And I actually saw Forky ask a question before Toy Story 4. And Forky oh. asks a question is what motivated me to actually watch it because the character was so good that I decided, oh, this fourth movie is actually going to be worth it. And then it was. I feel like we went into Toy Story 4 with the same opinion. Like we're here because we're Toy Story fans. We're Disney fans. We're living in Southern California at the time. So of course we had annual passes, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't have high expectations. And I came out of that feeling better about the concepts of things like moving on and separating from people in life who you still love. And Pixar does deep shit with Toy Story. And I I honestly, I was thinking that these were going to be like, Oh, these might be like 10, 12 minutes long. No, these Mm -hmm. are like, Three to five minutes. Yeah, they're short. It's so distilled down to like exactly what it needed to be mm-hmm. for that. And it's just, it, yeah, it it was absolutely delightful to watch through all of these. I, yeah, I think I liked it because it reminded me I was a big Viner and it reminds me of Vine where all of Vine was like, just take comedy of everything and you've got six seconds to make it happen. Forecast a question is kind yes. of like that where these could yeah. have been five, 10 minute long videos, but it's like, no, in two minutes just boil it down to the pure essence of this character. And it's just him not understanding what it is, pump faking you into thinking it's going to be actually deep. Sappy music comes in and then actually just kidding. He's a silly (laughs) character and we're back here and he frustrates everyone. And it's just, 
Oh, it's just so well done. And also the animation is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It, yeah. really it legitimately is. looks like real life. Like especially the coffee cup one or the coffee yes. mug one. It just looks like you're looking at a coffee mug in a room. It is wild how good the animation is. And this was actually some of the original content for the platform. It was released mm-hmm. more or less weekly uh, from November 12th, 2019 to January 10th. 2020 written, created, directed, and narrated by Bob Peterson. You mentioned Tony Hale voiced Forky, who, if anybody hasn't seen Toy Story 4, is a homemade toy uh, having recently been created and sort of like, I don't know, we see the genesis of what light becoming life is going back to Toy Story 4 and seeing that. um, That's a very interesting uh, take on this world's what is it a mythology is it a the the, the lore philosophy (laughs) is it yeah like what is because that's the other thing our last episode was Nomeo and Juliet and I kept comparing their sort of like a magical reality to cars and even to this because they take liberties (laughs) that are absurd but that was the last episode who's who's next on the cast list Clancy Uh, we got John Ratzenberger he's a ham he's the voice he's, from he's the, the piggy bear. yeah um, we've talked about him three or four times on this show already wallace shawn same thing he voices rex in all the toy story movies he brings gravitas to the description of time that is alarming for a toy dinosaur yeah, yeah. it's good we've got one of my favorites Kristen shaw uh she plays trixie she's the toy uh rhinoceros or triceratops, triceratops yeah. yeah then we've got carol burnett as cheryl burnett a toy <laughs> chair whom bonnie used to play with Another new character from Toy Story 4. Same with Mel Brooks as Elephant Brooks and Carl Reiner as Carl Rhinoceros. But I didn't realize that this was technically Carl Reiner's last role before he passed last summer in uh, June of 2020. So I I don't know. It's a really sweet short. And it was heartwarming when I I read that. But then we've got Betty White as Bitey White, which (laughs) feels accurate. She's a toy tiger, uh, presumably who Bonnie used to teethe with. Uh, we've got uh, Robin Atkin Downs, who plays uh, Mr. Picklepants. Pricklepants. He's the porcupine. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Or a oh, he's hedgehog. The hedgehog. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is the actor. Uh, he's got the fascination with acting and theater, um, but he replaces Timothy Dalton, who voiced the character in previous media of Toy Story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't notice. He did it well. Uh, next, we've got Alan Oppenheimer uh, as Old Timer. The toy alarm clock that got absolute that got snubbed. Totally it's so good. It's, oh, it's the best. <laughs> it's the ultimate reversal. I love it. We've also got Aloma Wright as Rib Tickles, who a toy dog pet patrol officer, very Polly Pocket. But she ends up getting philosophical on some some uh, societal issues, and I I was blindsided personally. <laughs> um, then we've also got Bonnie Hunt as Dolly. One of Bonnie's most beloved toys and the leader of the toys. Jeff Garland as Buttercup, the toy unicorn. That dichotomy, the voice versus that character is probably one of my favorite things about Pixar. Impressive. It's oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, Addison Andrews, Mika Crespo, and Amani Pryor are the peas in a pod. <laughs> and then finally, Jeff Pigeon is Mr. Spell, a toy with a built-in keyboard who speaks words that are typed in. <laughs> and that's the full cast, but like they, they appear in different shorts, starting with what is money? If anyone hasn't watched it, the intro is great because it's just him asking a whole bunch of questions. But then there's always one that's different per intro. And it's always yes. the funniest. And it's always like a little bit louder. So it stands out. What's the unique question for this one? 
So the unique question for this one is, can I swim? The intro is like some of the best part of the show. Like that is when I was convinced to love the shows because it's him <laughs> asking a bunch of questions. And then this just ridiculous voice that goes, fuck yes, a question. And it's so funny. <laughs> and the fact that the skip intro button shows up is a crime. Like if anyone clicks skip intro, your Disney Plus account should be deactivated immediately. Because why would you? What's going on? Where am I? Why is it like How that? high is that? Who is that? Why do you? Can think? I swim? Could that be better? Why are you talking to me? Forky asks a question. I don't know. So in this one, Forky asks Ham, what is money? Because Ham is a piggy bank. And we get this kind (laughs) of run. This joke is a runner throughout the series of Forky not remembering Ham's name. So fun. It's so fun. (laughs) And, And it's not even just that he steps off, you know, and it's just a syllable wrong. Or like at one point, I think he calls him Steve. Yeah, he calls him Travis at one point. Travis. Forgets his name, and then he says he's going to commit it to memory, so I'm going to say ham a bunch. So he goes, ham, 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 and then right after goes, Now you say my name seven times, okay? Not likely. Right. What is money, Sam? Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then he almost gets there. He almost gets the concept of money when he recognizes that uh, George Washington is on the quarter and has a wig and had to purchase hair. But then, like you said, there's a reversal. There's an immediate left turn right there as he learns the lesson. And what's so funny, and this is a recurring thing that they do in all the episodes, is that, you know, he asks a question, the person starts to give him an answer. And when he realizes it, they play this sentimental music in the background where he has this look into the middle distance and realize what is going on. Since I watched this before Toy Story 4, it is the exact same sentimental music that they play when actually sentimental moments happen in Toy Story 4. So when you when I yeah. finally watched Toy Story 4 when it came to Disney Plus, they would play this music for moments where you were supposed to cry and I just started laughing because anytime the music came in, I was just expecting Forky to just completely squash the vibe once it gets to its crescendo and it made for a very interesting viewing experience of Toy Story 4. <laughs> Money cannot be as good as having wonderful times with friends like you. Forky, that was beautiful. Was it? I mean, it's short and sweet and to the point. We get we get the whole setup. There's a real question. Ham does his best to explain it. And then we just get Forky dicking around with his arms all night. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. There's something aspirational on how Forky sees the world right. in, in the way that he is able to find joy in things. Mm-hmm. You're right. Forky's a delight. Yes. Do we have anything else to say on what is money or shall we move on? I think we're, we're ready to move on. Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right. Now we're on what is a friend, which has Forky and Ham and uh, the unique question at the start of this one. What's, what's a, a book? book? <laughs> I hope season two is just all of the questions that he asks in these separate ones. I would be surprised if they didn't do that. But we get into Forky befriending a mug whose name he thinks is what? No. The opening is there's like a a drawing that I guess Bonnie did of herself. And Forky starts posed in it like he's in the photo and then jumps out of it like, hey, everybody. Hey, Forky here. How's it going? I got another question. What is a friend? Hmm. And to help me answer that is my good friend. What? No. My sister refused to let her daughter watch this one because they knew she would just repeat what no all of the time. (laughs) So this was like when I was over at her house, Megan was like, you can watch all of them. Don't watch episode two until Rory goes to sleep. 
Hello! What? No! Now, I know that's my friend's name because Bonnie's mom always carries him around when she's on the phone and she says over and over, What? No! What? No! Are you having a good day? What? No! Ham is downstairs. Downstairs. He's on the floor. But yeah, when Ham does come into the scene, it's very funny because Forky from atop the counter or whatever says, Hey, Travis! When Ham asks him if he's talking to a coffee mug. <laughs> and then Forky does actually give a really good answer. And that's what's also funny about the show is like some of the answers are very succinct and correct. I think I now know what a friend is. Someone you can just sit with and say absolutely nothing and still have the best time. I love you. <laughs> what? No! Yeah, that's a, a friend. Definition for a friend. <laughs> yes. And then he knocks the mug off the table. And, and he screams what? No. a genuine what no, which is very fun. <laughs> and then the after credit scene and the after credit scenes in this are very fun. Very Disney Marvel of them to do this. But the after credit scene is Ham has taped it all up. And Forky then says, I can't thank you enough, Martin. Uh, and, and then the mug crumbles back into pieces. So, yeah, just the bit of getting the name just slowly and slowly more incorrect is very fun. It's very good. Next up, we have what is art featuring Forky and Mr. Pricklepants? And the unique question here is, is gravity, gravity good? good? <laughs> and I need that to be an episode because that's so good. Is gravity good is hilarious. <laughs> So Ugh. Forky's effectively asking, what is art? Mr. Pricklepants tries to explain. Yeah, when Forky introduces Mr. Pricklepants, he describes him as someone who gets all puffy and <laughs> when he talks about art, <laughs> which is a great introduction to the pretentiousness of Mr. Pricklepants. What is art? You know, uh, sculpture and painting and music. And in my case, acting. Now, repeat that back to me. And Forky says, scooping and pants and mulata. And all I'm, I'm just like, I, I think I had one or two of these individuals as theater professors at some point. <laughs> uh, the, the very acting <laughs> craft kind of individuals. Pricklebants tries to teach Forky how to act. He, he tries, but Forky, of course, skirts left by in the middle of the lesson asking, are your arms the same length? I'm not so sure about mine. Concentrate, pretend to be someone else, and give me magic. Action. No thanks. Bye. But Forky, your, your lesson... Just pretending. Was that good? Actually a good actor. He did a great job. Such a simplified explanation. And when you think about someone had to answer the question, who is the target audience? And I feel like the answer given every time was everyone. Yeah, it's perfect. It nails the demographic of anyone that could watch it. It's funny for the adults. It's funny for the kids. It's just wonderful. And again, when he looks off into the moon, he contemplates. Well... Bonnie made me. I was her art project. And I love Bonnie, so... So maybe I was created to make her feel good things, like... Like love. <laughs> and then just boils it down to him just turning to Purple Pants and going pretending and he says yeah pretty much so they always do answer the question which is nice sometimes more quickly than others and yeah they really boil it down it's very fun and i think that that is absolutely a fair definition of art yep 100 percent. 
Now we're moving on to what is time, which features Forky, Rex, and Old Timer. Mm-hmm. The unique question is: Is, is that, that air? air? <laughs> is that air? It's so good. What is he pointing at when he's it asking? Could be it, anything. It? It's perfect. <laughs> and we get into yeah. It starts off with Old Timer, like Forky's walking with Old Timer, and Forky asks the question. What is time? To help me with that, let me introduce Rex and then just leaves mm-hmm. old timer it's in the dust. the ultimate <laughs> twist. And even in the beginning, Forky comes in at 100 because he enters and says, Hey, Forky here again. You're welcome. I got another question for you. What is time? <laughs> with someone who knows a lot about time, Rex the dinosaur. And, and you think that's the funniest part. But then when he introduces Rex the dinosaur, instead of cheering, he starts booing. Boo. It's just got it, the intro got better every single time. It's and so we get we start getting this super deep philosophical explanation of time from Rex mm-hmm. it, using dinosaurs as a comparison. And then we take that left turn again. Yes. There's even one point when Forky asks if dinosaurs used to eat with sporks and Rex says that sporks weren't invented, weren't yes. invented yet. And Forky is aghast. Did they eat with a spark? No, sporks weren't invented yet. What? This is 65 million years ago. He's completely <laughs> appalled by this. And then, yeah, at one point when Rex is very deep into his monologue about time, he's laying on the ground. And Forky slow slides into camera frame and it just makes the creakiest, scratchiest, slowest slide as he goes in. There's so many wonderful combinations. What's genius about the show is that it basically relies on having Forky and one other character from the Toy Story universe have a scene together. And yes, they're all really fun in different ways. The ham and Forky pairing really works but in a way where Ham is just like can't be bothered with how much Forky is like a child asking you a million questions. And then on the flip side, Rex has all of the patience in the world for Forky, but it's so fun. And then Buttercup is like even more extreme than Ham where he's angry at Forky for being so naive. All the different (laughs) dynamics are so fun and they all work in different ways. It's perfect. Forky's like that guy in an improv scene where you just you're always you don't know what's going to happen, but anyone works with that person. I forget which like improv format it is. Like it, it's not the Herald. I forget which one, but one of the formats involves just like one person staying and then somebody else comes on and like you just keep tagging out. And Forky is just the perfect person to center that on. And it almost becomes, I mean, throughout the series, again, sort of this deep a psychological exploration of how different personality types deal with the inquisitive. Yeah. And then how they deal with whatever friction that dealing with. It's so oddly layered. I I don't know. It's just such a goofy thing to explain time with. Mm -hmm. And I, again, it was another one where I was just, delighted yeah this one was absolutely delightful next we get what is love which i think this might be my favorite one. Ooh, um, yeah th- this one's fun because they've just decided we have these very accomplished actors let's just throw plot to the wind and let them have fun for five minutes and it's yeah. a smart decision <laughs> i question how much of it was actually scripted right giving the talent yeah right? i couldn't have been very high there had to have been bullet points it was perfect <laughs> so it's forky cheryl burnett Melephant brooks and carl Carl Rhinoceros. Mm -hmm. Um, We get the great intro with the unique question of how long have you been a horse? How long have you been a horse? (laughs) (laughs) 
every time. <laughs> they never don't oh hit. God. They land every time. Yes, we get um, these the Bonnie's quote old toys voiced like you said, by these comedy pros trying to explain to Forky the meaning of love through a quote unquote hypothetical about them all being in love with each other. Mm -hmm. Clancy has been rewatching a lot of Bob's burgers and there's Uh an episode where um, they visit Linda's parents at a, you know, old folks community in Florida. And it turns out that it's explicitly for swingers. Ugh. That's kind of what this reminded me of <laughs> in a microcosm with some of comedy legends, essentially hardcore flirting with each other. Yeah, it's, it's very fun. <laughs> I really enjoyed when they first explain what love is to. How are you today? My day is filled with glitter and rainbows. Now that you're here. And how are you? My day is peachy. Now I'm feeling all flittery, fluttery. And so, love, love, love is in the air now. That is love, and we thank you. Oh my gosh, love is so boring. Please don't let that ever happen to me. It's, oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> They they do the hypothetical of, you know, big switch of, well, well actually, I like her, and I was just with you to make so-and-so jealous, jealous, blah, blah, blah. I forget who says it, but at one point they said, when you when you were giving passionate negging, I got jealous. <laughs> and then, yeah, Bitey White comes into the play, which you already have such a powerful trio. Yeah, the final line of this episode is really fun, too, because Forky just says, oh, we're going to need a therapist. To solve yep. out the love square. I almost wish it, it, wish it was a therapist that would hey. then sort of like, you know, sort of like a chaise lounge that would waddle in. <laughs> it could work, yeah, and start, yeah, And start asking questions. That's, I, I could, hey, Pixar, if you need an extra writer, I've done absolutely nothing. All right, so next up we get what is a computer mm-hmm. with Forky and Trixie. Oh, my and God. And Trixie has the kind of computer user meltdown that I not infrequently have as someone working from home that is, um, I don't know, Clancy, how would you describe my reaction to technical failure as the in-house IT professional? Severe. (laughs) (laughs) He get, I couldn't afford the tech support that he offers, uh, from time to time. Um, so I really felt seen by this episode (laughs) of Forky ask us a question. He's asking us, what is a computer? And the unique question in the opening is, why is there jelly? Why is there jelly? <laughs> why is there <laughs> why jelly? Why is there jelly? Uh, I do eat a peanut butter and, and preserve sandwich every day. I, I also would want to know why is there jelly when it's just worse jam or worse preserves. <laughs> I don't know why someone would choose jelly. It's harder to spread. It is worse for you. It doesn't taste as good. I, I have the same question. Why is there jelly? We've already made better <laughs> versions of it. What's the point? Fruit preserves are just better. <laughs> I have the same question because I never not once have eaten jelly intentionally. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. It's a texture thing for me. Something about jelly out of a jar. It's just slurpy. I don't know. Anyway, what is a computer? Trixie explains to Forky what a computer does as they experience the common stresses of technology. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Forky just comes in hot asking what is computer, not what is a computer. What is computer? What is yeah. computer? And then... He drops the article. Right, and then it beca- it it starts from just him not asking the question properly to a whole British bit playing on the fact that 
he has been watching the British TV shows with because Bonnie's, Bonnie's mom, mom yes. does. So yeah, he says he he keeps trying as Trixie tries to answer what is a computer. He keeps asking things like, "Now to learn it, did you have to go to university?" Um, no. Toys don't go to a university. I just soaked up technical stuff and I learned it. I see. I see. When that happened, was that traumatic? Did you have to go to hospital? No, I didn't have to go to a hospital. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. You been listening in on Bonnie's mom's British TV shows again? Which in and of itself is an interesting exploration on the idiosyncrasies between British English and American English. Mm -hmm. But that goes right over kids' heads. (laughs) But what is computer? What is computer? It's got processing power. It can do a lot. You can do a whole lot of things with it. Forky's not really here for the answer. But he he is here to destroy everything on her. Chaotic energy, dances on the keyboard, says British phrases as he does it, says, quote, I, f- I feel like I'm on holiday in the Isle of Wight, and dances all over her <laughs> keyboard and ends up deleting her hard drive. I made a rolling beach ball of some kind. I am on holiday. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No. All your dancing just erased my hard drive. Oh, you destroyed my computer. Computers are everything to me. Oh, okay. Breathe. Breathe. It plays really well because... Forky, after destroying her computer and seeing how upset Trixie gets, the sentimental moment is him saying, well, maybe we actually don't need computers. We can just connect with each other instead. And then she stops it abruptly by saying, shut it, Forky, you ruined my life. Ah!" And then it immediately cuts to that British song. And then the after credit scene is Forky on the couch watching the British TV shows with Bonnie's mom, who's got the <laughs> the happy face mug. What? No. And you just hear like a very quiet, muffled thing, something about being on the Isle of Wight. And then there's <laughs> laughter. But for, what's even funnier is that Forky doesn't make noise and he laughs. You just see him kind of make laughing noises and, and like, shake up and down and just the silent <laughs> laughter. It's so good. This was my favorite after credit scene. Just like the cut, the timing of the cut, the beat of cutting to the credits at that moment after Osha to fork the music. And then this after credit scene, it was just like a power combination. It's all so good. And like you set up at the top sharp and mm-hmm. it very much is, I don't know. You, you, you read people who are defensive of older media worry about the quality of content as attention spans get shorter and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know, as someone who has in terms of like conventions and sometimes even just general work project experience, working with limited resources can sometimes breed some of the most creativity. Yeah. And old movies, they just like take lots of time to do stuff that's not worth it. Like full scenes of people going grocery shopping. Like, what are we doing? But this show is very much all of the all of the fat has been trimmed and it is pure everything you need. You can't take anything else out, but everything else has been removed. There's not a nothing. Everything serves a purpose and everything serves a point. And that is what makes it so good. And rewatchable, honestly. Oh, like it doesn't yes. it doesn't get stale. Yeah. I've watched like these it, like five it, times through now. It's perfect. <laughs> Clancy went to school for film, and so every now and then he'll go on a tirade about how full of itself film school is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is one of those ones where both of us really enjoyed the literally the craft of it as we watched yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have what is the leader with Forky and Dolly? The unique question in this one was, do, do I, I need, need a bath? bath? <laughs> I've asked myself this one a lot over the past year. Has it been two days? <laughs> it's been two days. 
But I, the answer for Forky would probably be no, right? I think his his sticky his uh, googly eyes would fall off, so probably not. Yeah, yeah, that would literally mean death for Forky. It could. It could. What if Bonnie then recreated him? Nope. Would that be Forky or would it be a different Forky? Would it be Forky to the sequel? It's kind of <laughs> like there was that one, um, This American Life, about those ranchers who had their favorite cow cloned and then he was completely different and Whoa. ended up goring the owner. Oh, gosh. The whole thing. Wow. We listened to it driving to Vegas oh my, once. You might have fallen right. asleep. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Forky and Dolly are asking, uh, are discussing what is a leader. And Dolly is trying to teach the abstract concept of leadership, which really isn't all that abstract as a conga line happens all around them that she could just point to. The music of the conga line led by the robot and the little Fisher Price people, I could listen to that music forever. I could listen to that on loop forever. Replace all hold music with that. I could listen to it for eternity. It is so good. The whole writing of this, it perfectly plays off of what the character is because Dolly is a no-nonsense, honestly, like, not very fun character. Like, she's very boring and bossy, and she's the type of, if she was a human, I wouldn't want to be in a room with her for more than 12 seconds. (laughs) Because she'd be like, my favorite yogurt flavor is plain. Like, that kind of person. And (laughs) the whole episode, rather than her, she is, like, the only person who's actually excited about answering the question no one else wants to deal with Forky. She just wants to soapbox about what it means to be a leader and brag about herself. And what does Forky do? Not let her answer the question because at one point she says, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And then the rest of the episode is just Forky saying nothing except that's the way the cookie crumbles. And it makes Dolly slowly and slowly more upset. It is perfect. It is genius. She gets so mad. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. Oh, I'm going to crumble your cookie. So good. Oh, you think you're real funny, don't you? God, they're so smart. They know exactly what they're doing. This one might be my favorite. It's so funny. At one point, Dolly's really upset and the conga line comes through again. And Dolly, in the middle of frustration towards that's the way the cookie crumbles, darts eyes at the robot leading the conga line. And he slowly, in reverse, backs out of frame. And you can even hear the toy like... (laughs) It's so good. And then there's real funny. There's a funny part where he just keeps saying that's the way the cookie crumbles. And basically Dolly says, like, say it one more time. I dare you and tries to hold it in as long as he can. Uh, But the the best part of the back and forth is she goes, you think you're real funny. And Forky replies with, oh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's like exact matching her cadence. (laughs) And then it's the point where she's like, if you say it one more time and then he try he tries like physically to restrain his mouth, but he can't. And then just blurts out a that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And then chases gets chased by Dolly. And then he goes, wait, I get it now. And then the sentimental music starts to play zooming on his face. And then he just goes. That's where the cookie crumbles and runs away. God, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> we get into what is a pet with Forky and Rib Tickles. Mm-hmm. Uh, unique question is what's happening to you? What's happening to you? <laughs> Which could be offensive. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but we get him and Rib Tickles in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is based on like the little Polly Pocket toys. Right. Yes. Um, but this is not a toy that's been featured in any of the Pixar movies. Rib Tickles herself is not, but her partner is. 
Yes. yes. And they mention her. So they're supposed to be partners, but in the movie, it's just the other one. The description for it was that uh, Forky is schooled on the dangers of law enforcement. <laughs> this one. <laughs> they should update that description. Yeah. This one was my least favorite. I could do without this episode. I didn't think it was particularly funny. It seems incredibly not kid friendly. Yeah. The fact that it's all about going through the digestive process of a cat. And then also at one point it, they try to play on like the true crime trope of oh i can't yeah. watch it, i can't watch but i love it and and forky plays that which like it is funny but at one point he does say if you stop i will kill you which an adult gets but as a child like seeing how often kids can just like quote something for whatever yeah. reason to just say it a lot it feels like that shouldn't have made the final cut it also seemed like it's encouraging kids to you know feed their cats their minifigs right and see if, just to send them on yeah. a grand adventure yeah i think this one also did not make the cut for my niece aurora i think she got i think it was episodes two and eight were not allowed and i think this one had a more serious implication as opposed to the other one which is just we don't want to hear our toddler say what no a hundred times in a day especially if you're on a phone call like a work zoom and your toddlers walking around going yep. by and shouting that out or saying if you stop i will kill you not ideal not ideal <laughs> yeah it's just like no sorry sorry my kid just all right next up we have what is cheese with forky and buttercup and the unique question on this one do i want to know do i want to know the pat these past two questions have gotten have gotten deep existential they, they yes. get, yeah they get more and more existential <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now wow th- since you mentioned wanting to see these as season two now i'm imagining what that <laughs> episode would look like Oofa is forky peeking in is forky peeking on on like sid and what his kids up to mm-hmm. but this one does get kind of weird oh this one gets very yeah we learn a lot we go from cheese to the history of the cosmos, right? Yes, That's we go one? from we go from cheese to string theory is the is the line that is drawn, which is perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a great string cheese. Theory. It's ah. you, honestly, I feel like this made me understand a little bit more about some of the concepts from the Marvel films, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in terms of time travel yep. and different dimensions, and you get it real quick, and then Forky just misses it all yeah the introduction of buttercup is very fun it just shows how naive forky is in knowing some things he introduces buttercup who's a unicorn as that is a horse with an ice cream cone on his head which not (laughs) not incredibly incorrect i mean no but yeah he's uh annoyed with all of forky's questions as everyone else seems to be and it's perfect for episode nine because he says that forky is terrorizing the playroom by asking so many questions so he already comes into this interaction with frustration then is frustrated about being asked about cheese so he throws forky on his back and then starts to just like rapid speed teach him everything and it starts with simple innocuous things about you know things that could be in the room very simple things but then it does get into space and matter and space-time continuum and then ultimately ends in einstein's theories of existence it goes into string theory it's a whole it gets real deep real quick and it's very very funny and then to try to like show how smart buttercup is he says uh, like do you what do you know about economics and then forky goes or he says like macroeconomics you mean keynesian economics john maynard keynes had major influence during the depression and post-war but now eh, not so much and then kind of scoffs and goes everybody knows that (laughs) (laughs) it's just for an episode nine it's just perfect perfectly done yeah our final mm-hmm. one is what is reading mm-hmm. and we've got Forky and the peas in a pod. So cute. But the unique question on this one is are, are ant eaters real? real? 
which is very I've, fun. I've never seen one. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> I don't know if I've seen one in person, but it's it's a very funny yeah. one. Like people sometimes think narwhals don't exist. That I guess it's a fair question. The only argument I would have against that is the existence of the Arthur franchise. Because Arthur is supposed to be an anteater. No, I thought he's an Aardvark. <laughs> Oh, which is not the same right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any famous anteaters? I Don't, mean, that's not worth Googling. That is not this show. <laughs> what is reading? So the energetic peas in a pod siblings teach Forky about reading with a little help from Mr. Spell. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a speaking spell in my youth, so this hit a point of nostalgia for me. Same, same, same. Beacon Spell is also a great character from the Toy Story franchise. Like they use him yes. for yeah. like one joke per movie. Uh, and it's very good to see Speak and Spell get more into the mix here. What's also fun is when he's trying to find Forky. You, it's like Forky's great with kids is this episode, which is really funny because there's yes. even one point where the peas are hiding in the pod and he goes, is someone in there? And then one of the peas goes, no. And then the other one's like, oh, shush. Oh, so great. Young voice actors who are really good mm-hmm. and delightful to listen to. They sound like they're having a good time goofing off with Tony they, Hale. Yes. And it makes me wonder if they were like all in the booth together. I think they had to have been. I think they were just having fun with Tony Hale. And what's fun is in this one, you think, you think you're getting a repeat of the joke where Forky is not asking the most reliable person about reading because Mr. Spell comes in and says, Does someone need help with reading? No, thanks. Okay, then. And then it's going over right. with the kids as they slowly teach him how to read. Um, and one of the questions they say is, well, you start with letters. And he goes, you mean it's delivered by the mailman? Which is a great, <laughs> great misunderstanding. But then it's all a prank that Mr. Spell and Forky <laughs> put on the peas because he can perfectly read this grilled cheese cookbook. Uh, and yes, uh, it's so it's so good. Forky, you can read. Gotcha. Come on in, Mr. Spell. Ha ha, you really fooled them, Forky. You can read, but pretended you could not. Hey, oh, you're a great teacher. What do you think, Peas? Wasn't that funny? It, that just made me want a grilled cheese cookbook. Mm-hmm. I have a French toast cookbook Ooh, somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. different grilled cheeses. Grilled cheeses of the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a unifying thing. Yeah. Bread and cheese. Yep, yep, yep. What's fun about this one is the sentimental music moment is instead, and I like that they're having fun with the series, instead of Forky, it's Speak and Spell lamenting the joke not landing with the kids. Like, that's what plays for the <laughs> yes! for the emotional music part, and then it, it then cuts to, like, fun dance music going, and they all dance and stuff. You mean like this? <laughs> oh, Forky, stop. You are killing me over here. Uh, and then everyone's just having a good time. It's such a perfect, fun, wholesome way to end. But then the after the credits scene, someone asks, who are you talking to? And then it just zooms. It just zooms all the way out. And it's just Forky in the empty room. And he just very quietly and quickly goes, I don't know. Which is great because at the end of every intro is the guy goes, Forky asks a question. And then Forky very bigly says, I don't know. So to end the first season on him, just very quietly, very zoomed out because in the intro, it's very loud and very zoomed in very quietly, very zoomed out goes, I don't know. And that's the end of the season. Gosh, it's so good. (laughs) It's just full circle. Yeah, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Untouchable. Best thing on Disney Plus, no questions asked. And yeah, that's Forky asks a question. It's not, I mean, you, you have to, in the in the platform, you have to search sort of Forky and it'll bring it all up. It's not 
sort of on a series like WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah you've got to watch them individually. Short. If you go to Pixar, it is its own like horizontal bar. So if you do that mm-hmm. and you go down a little bit, it'll show there. And truly, Mike, we cannot thank you enough for introducing us to this, yeah, this uh, delightful a series. I'm glad more people need to know about it. It's criminally underrated. Glad that we get to help sort of boost its cachet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, as we're wrapping up, let's go ahead. Like, where can people find you on social media? Where, where can we find more information about modern muckrake? Sure. So on social media, I'm at shub17, S-E-H-U-B-E-S-1-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, for all the stuff about my podcast and all the stuff I do, you can go to my personal website, which is just shubes, S-C-H-U-B dot E-S. That's got all the stuff there. And then, yeah, if you want to support Modern Muckraker, you can go to directly to the Kickstarter. You can go to bit.ly slash Modern Muckraker. That closes on April 29th at 10.58 a.m. Eastern time is when you can give. So that'll take you directly to the Kickstarter. Um, But if you want to just learn about the show or you're listening to this after April 29th, you can go to our website, which is modernmuck.com. But yeah, we've got a whole bunch of stuff planned, lots of questions. So it's not just all superhero stuff. Some of the questions are Disney involved. Awesome. Get on it, everyone. But yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. I really want to make the show. I've had this show idea for like two years and pitched it around to different people and no one uh, no one took us up on it. So I decided to bet on myself by going with this Kickstarter. And that's why the announcement video for the video was me recreating bet on it from High School Musical 2. Which, so I did a shot for shot retake of bet on it in my apartment in New York City, which a little, little different than an expansive golf course, a tiny one bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, it's everyone needs to watch it. Support the project. I'm super excited about it. Mike, truly, we cannot thank you enough for joining us on this episode of Nonplus. Thanks for having me. This was a, a delight. I, uh, I'm glad I could be on the show. Talk to you two about it. It's been a hoot and any excuse I can take to to watch more forky ask a question i will always chomp at that bit so i'm glad i could do <laughs> awesome. it thank you so much yeah, thank you so much all right that was absolutely delightful such, mike schubert is such a delight i'm so glad he brought us forky asks a question yeah I'm, he's clearly very passionate on the subject well that and like i wouldn't have ever thought to do this movie or sorry this show the format like he pitched it i was like i don't know about a series but then i looked and they're all so short and compatible not compatible compact um so i think yeah these are potentially options for future episodes if Um, you hated it let us know but how could you but no this was absolutely how could you it is delightful when we are surprised by the quality of our subject matter. Yeah. And uh, critics seem to kind of agree. Uh, the critics uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes was 83%. That makes sense. Um, Joel Keller from Decider uh, said, uh, what do you have to lose? Forky asked a question is uh, less than three minutes long and it's pretty funny, which yeah. is, which is pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, Robin Bear of Hollywood Reporter, however, was Forky asked a question was a complete waste of time. I mean, I'm sure you're a lovely person, Robin, but, but seriously, a waste of how much time? Truly? Yeah. Not An hour? What do, I, do something else. Do the dishes. Fold your laundry. It's not a yeah, waste of time. Multitask. A, it's a delight. Yeah, it is. Uh, viewers score is a little bit lower at 67%. This, is, this boggles. Because these are the only two. Well, oh, <laughs> well, then that makes sense. Yes. So Damien T on December 28th, 2020 said the miniseries on Disney plus is hilarious and entertaining. I love hearing Tony Hale's comedic voice and the episodes are entertaining. Accurate. See, he only gave it four stars, which is why it's got a 67% because the only other 
person rated it five stars. We should just jump in and do it. Yeah, uh, that was James K voted at five stars. He says it's mind blowing up there with Breaking Bad, Succession and Game of Thrones seasons one through six. The (laughs) mystery, the thrills, the drama and Forky's acting words simply can't do it justice. Must watch exclamation point exclamation point. Exclamation point. Are we sure Mike didn't write this one under a pseudonym? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. We're right there with you, James K. We hope you come across this episode and agree. Um, In terms of general trivia, it won a 2020 Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Short Form Animated Program. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, when Forky had an epiphany, he learns a lesson. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. It's Boo's theme from Monsters, Inc. Yeah, which is pretty fun. And like, but that's on every single episode. Like when he's having his epiphanic moment before right. the, the left turn happens. <laughs> In the episode, Forky mentions that he was made from trash like two days ago, which mm-hmm. I, I'm always obsessed with the timeline. It means that the all of this is occurring uh, immediately after the events of Toy Story 4, but before the post credit scene, which explains why Karen Beverly has yet to appear. Oh, you're right. Um, or Forky forgot when he was made, since in the day he was made, the road trip and carnival were actually three days, and it was night when Toy Story 4 ended. So he just might not have a grasp on time. It, yeah, it could not matter. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. And it's probably hard. I mean, they don't age. It's yep. like, it's hard. It's hard to tell. This is Mr. Spell's first appearance since Toy Story 2. Uh, he was donated to Bonnie in the events of Toy Story 2 and Th- Toy Story 3. In between the events. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, and this is one of the rare canon Toy Story productions that doesn't feature main characters like Woody, Buzz, or Jesse. That's pretty much it for Forky Asks a Question. We cannot thank Mike Schubert enough for joining. Quick update. Since we recorded with him, yeah. Modern Muckraker has met its fundraising goal. As of the moment you can listen to this, there's, there will still be five days left in the campaign. So it's funded. Modern Muckraker is going to happen, and you can still be a part of it by uh, going to the link in our show notes. Bit.ly slash modern muckraker. That'll take you right to the Kickstarter. Yes. And it closes uh four twenty-nine at ten fifty-eight AM Eastern. Yes. So make sure you do it before then. And you can follow the campaign at Modern Muck on Twitter, his other podcast, Potterless Pod, where he dove into, like we said, uh the Harry Potter books for the first time. Yeah. You can listen to him on any I I iPod on any podcast player. Correct. Um, for Potterless Pod. And then the man himself is at Shubes17, that's S-C-H-U-B-E-S-1-7, on Twitter. Mike, thank you so much for yes, joining us on thank Nonplus. Thank you, thank you, What else? We've got a Patreon, Clancy. We do. We have a Patreon. We put, uh, there's content that comes up on there once a week. But um, it's from stuff across the networks, so not just us. And it's not just audio. From us, it's generally been audio, but... Roll nine and three quarter. Frankie puts art up. Yeah. I believe Robbins dropped some stuff in the, yeah, there's, so you can go to patreoncom slash making mischief. Check out all of the contributor levels there. You can even get in on our discord and chat with us. Yeah. Um, we're bless it. We're trying to be more active, um, but there's plenty of reasons aside from just us to join <laughs> patreoncom slash making mischief. Well, Josh, if they wanted to find me on social media, where would they do that? They would do that at CLNCY on Twitter and Instagram and Clancy. Yeah. If they wanted to find me on a social media, where would they do that? They would do that at Josh Watchin TV without the G on both Twitter and Instagram. Yes, yeah. correct. And you can find the show at Nonplussed Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
You can email us at submissions at nonpluspod.com for merch ideas or movie ideas. And also remember to rate, review, follow on your podcast platform of choice. I did some digging the other day. Yeah. And I realized that we're available on Amazon slash Audible now. Oh, shit. But we currently have no reviews. Oh, my God. On either uh, uh, landing page. This is a travesty. On either platform. I think it's just an awareness thing because obviously, like, I didn't even realize that Audible did podcasts. So this I, I is didn't realize that we crazy. were on Audible until I clicked this and figured it out. So hey. here's my call to action to our listeners. If you have an Audible account, if you have an Amazon account and you want to go to Nonplussed and rate and review us over there, we would love you for that. Otherwise, do it in the podcast platform you're already listening to. Uh, and, and if you haven't, um, look, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to make my show popular. And if you like it, why not at least tell a couple friends? Can you do that for me? Do it. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for us today, kids. That over there is my husband, Clancy. And over there is my husband, Josh. And we are Nonplussed. We are nonplussed. <laughs> you sound like Rods from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> Mark Wazowski. You didn't file your paperwork last night. We are nonplussed. What? No. I smell myself and other people smell me. Remember, you can get $20 off your first box of booze boosters from Shaker and Spoon with the code nonplus. Just go to shakerandspoon.com slash nonplus to get your $20 off today. Add some personality to your potions and some spice to your sauce. Ew. <laughs>